Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, boys and girls. It's time for the Coffin Joe cast. The only show where playing your didgeridoo is not only encouraged, it's expected. So crack open another BB and throw some shrimp on the Barbie. Welcome to Australia. It's sexy time. G'day and welcome to the Coffin Joe cast. I am Keller Wilbur. And I'm Joel. And um, that is all. <clears throat> Just the two of us this week. <laughs> uh, well, that's uh, not a big issue. We've got some very good talking points tonight, I'd say. Uh, but let's get started. How was your trip? Oh, geez. Um, I'm so unprepared. It, it was good. It was nice. Uh, it was like the first like actual vacation I've had in probably... I don't know, almost a decade. So it was nice to actually get out of the state of Illinois for a little bit and go travel around, pull a Nikki, as it were. <laughs> um, drove through Iowa, made a stop and to see my mom and dad and some friends there and then headed out to Colorado and uh, got to hang out with my mom and stepdad and my friends out there as well. And then took a trip back through Nebraska to see my uh, aunt and some, uh, cousins who I haven't seen in uh, quite a while. Um, and then back here, so it was all in all about 10 days uh, with a lot of traveling on the road and getting up in the mountains. And um, it's it was funny because, you know, it's not uncommon knowledge that my older brother and I don't really get along too well. So. I didn't really have any desire to see him while I was there. So I didn't want to stay with my parents because they literally live like right across the street. So you could see his house from their, their front front door. So uh, I asked my cousin, I'm like, you know, do you mind if I come stay with you at your place and, you know, bring the dog and everybody in. And uh, he's like, yeah, sure. You guys can come over and hang out. So it's about 11 o'clock. We pull in, it's raining a bit. And, haven't been to his house since we left, so about 10 years ago. And he, first thing, he comes out and you know, he's like, hey, how you doing? Nice to see you. I haven't seen you in a while. He goes to the front door and it sticks. He's like, oh, that's just because of the weather. Yeah. So we open the front door as far as it'll go, walk inside, and uh, it's like I walked into an episode of Hoarders on TLC or whatever channel that's on. Jesus. It was... It was literally a path between the front door to the kitchen, to the hallway, to the bedrooms, and a path that you could barely walk on. Um, of course, Lucy loved it because there was all kinds of stuff to, to sniff out everywhere. But there were piles of papers and, and just junk everywhere. So immediately the thought was, um, I don't know if I can stay here, you know? Yeah, of course. Um, 
especially with Lucy, you know, she's a basset hound, so she wants to get into everything. Plus, she's still can technically a puppy, so it's chewing or or grabbing things and bringing them to you, and then wanting to play with them or chew them up or whatever the case may be. And um, plus, you know, there's no room for any of us to really move there, so he kind of laughs it off, kind of nervously, like, "Oh yeah, I kind of got a little bit overwhelmed." And my mom's a hoarder in uh, by most definitions. And that's kind of what I grew up with. And so once I got out of there, I, I keep a pretty neat house cause I don't want to ever live like that. So like you've been hanging out with my mom too much. Um, so do the thing. And, um, as the rest of the, the night progresses and then in the next morning I get up and, uh, go into the kitchen and there's, uh, I don't know if you have roly polies over there and, Australia, they're probably murderous over there, but um, there's roly polies in the kitchen on the floor. There's uh, uh, spider webs everywhere. There's holes in the wall. There's it's just it's just a a mess. And my cousin overall is a pretty neat guy, you know, clean, moose in the hair, you know, looks presentable whenever he goes out and looks like he takes care of himself. Um, but it was just it was just too much. So we actually cut our ship trip short by a week. Because or by a day, I'm sorry, um, and left earlier, and uh, because it just there was no way. I mean, we had to stay one night in a hotel before we left because it just was too much, you know, crap everywhere. Yeah, um, well, don't want that. It was get it was sick or nuts. Yeah, the dog could get sick or the kids, you know. Right? Yeah, or who knows what? Well. I think that the capper to the whole thing was is we were sitting on the couch um, the night before we went to the hotel and we're chatting and uh, he points over to the the table, uh, his dining room table, which of course is covered with papers and things. And he's like, oh, hey, you see that horse on the table? And there's like this little ceramic-y plastic horse. I'm like, yeah. He's like, "Um, have you ever heard of a website called freecycle.org? And I went, oh, shit. (laughs) It's like crack for hoarders. Yeah, I was going to say hoarders paradise, huh? <laughs> exactly. Um, he's like, well, I, I went on there because somebody was had something that he wanted. And when I got over to their house, he's like, the, the lady who was giving it away, she's like, oh, oh, there's I've got this horse over here on the table that's, you know, if you want it, you can take it as well. And he's like, oh, yeah, my nieces love horses. I'll take that. And then he turns to me and he laughs and he goes, my nieces don't love horses. He's like, it was free, so I just thought I'd take it. I'm like, great. So, <laughs> um, I talked to my mom out in Colorado and said, is there right if we come a day early? She's like, yeah. So ended up spending one other day in, in Colorado instead. But, uh, the rest of the trip went off pretty much without a hitch. And I don't know, you've probably seen the pictures online of, uh, being up in the mountains, Lucy absolutely loved it. She, uh, if you would have taken her off the leash, we never would have seen her again because she was constantly pulling in every direction to sniff every yeah. single thing that she could find. So you would have been overwhelmed with all the smells she was smelling. It's like, oh, this is new. This is new. Oh, what's over here? Yeah, what's that? <laughs> it was it was entertaining to say the least. And she, you know, peed everywhere and did her thing. And um. But she doesn't, you know, she doesn't understand the whole altitude change. So we're, you know, 9,000 feet elevation and we're, we're, she and I are in the lead because, you know, I, I've never had a problem with the change in altitudes. She and I are kind of running ahead and I'm giving her a chance to get some of her, her friskies out. 
And um, she kind of has to stop at one point. She's just panting really heavy. And I'm like, dude, you got to slow down. Slow down. Yes. So. <laughs> There's not as much oxygen up here as there is normally. <laughs> It was funny. I, I, you know, you can't explain to a dog that the, there's, you're at a higher elevation. So, um, and before anybody asks, because nobody actually has asked yet, I'm kind of surprised. We're on our way home the first time we went out to go hiking, and my mom is driving, and I'm in the front seat with her, and everybody else is in the back. And uh, she's like, oh, hey. She points over this place. She's like, you see that? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, that's a dispensary. I was like, oh, neat. Oh, yes. <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> About 50 feet later, she's like, oh, hey, you see that? I'm like, yeah. She's like, that's a dispensary. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. And we're right by the, the, the campus for uh, uh, University of Colorado. And I'm, so she and I started making jokes back and forth about how, you know, the tuition uh, uh, was much higher this year. Um, I don't know, just all kinds of jokes about weed and, and getting stoned. And uh, how it must have been a boon for the college uh, application process. They must have had a lot more enrollees and things um, that year. But, you know, and then my brother, who's 24 and single, he uh, works by day at a, uh, at a, at a um, uh, not the recreational dispensaries, but the medical dispensaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at night, he's a professional video gamer. And I'm like, what better place to live, you know, for that, <laughs> that kind of job? Yeah, but professional video game. It's a big, yeah. Wow. Yep. He's contracted by I think it's Team Nexus. I think is what they're called. And so he travels around and and uh, I mean he's huge into video games. I mean he's got a bunch of old systems and a big collection of of stuff, and that's his thing. And but yeah, he's contracted to play professionally and. That's part of what he does for a living. What a life. It's a thing. Mm. Beats making coffins. <laughs> um, well, and it gives him time to do other stuff, too. I mean, he's working on his first graphic novel with a friend of his, and uh, he's he's a real creative guy, too. So, you know, he's doing his thing, as is my sister. I mean, we all are creative in our own ways, but it was cool. I mean... And it's nice to see that out there, that it is flourishing the way it is and kind of set a standard that maybe it'll work its way across the rest of the country at some point. But Yeah, um, and around the world as well. Exactly. I mean, it criminalized for no really particularly good reason, and then the benefits are far beyond the the negatives. And so, you know, it, it was nice to see. And there wasn't, like, a bunch of crazy people out in the street smoking. There wasn't, you know, lions around the block for... The, the dispensaries of either kind. I mean, it was just, just it was just like a store. I mean, if I wouldn't have known what that store was, I, w- I never would have noticed it. Um, I forget what they called it though. It had a name, like the like the name of it. It wasn't like you know such and such weed house or something. Yeah, pot, uh, pot paradise or right. right. The one that my brother works at is called. 420 something so there is you know the plays on words but um i love it out there i you know i I don't think i could ever live there again but it's it's nice to visit and seeing everybody and and traveling around being in the car and seeing the country and stuff is something i always love so i love it's good i love a good road trip 
If I yeah. to travel, I'd rather go by car. But then it's like if I want to go to Queensland, I'd love to drive up there. But the time it takes, I mean, it's a 12 hour drive. That's 12 hours out of your holiday. So it's quicker to just right. jump a plane. One hour you're there, get to spend more time. But yeah, I, I, it's like when we were kids, always we used to go to Queensland but and I drive guess... up. So just loved it. I mean, if it's just one person, I mean, that the plane fare, I can't imagine, is, is too crazy. No. Nah. It's pretty cheap these days. Yeah, well, you can get a flight. Well, if you're really lucky, you can get them for $49 one way. Yeah, you're looking like oh, 60 yeah. or 70 bucks these days with all the cheap air, you know, cheap airlines down here. So, right. I mean, there's one really cheap one. I wouldn't fly Tiger Air. They've had some troubles. But <laughs> yeah. It doesn't sound very reliable. No, they got shut down at one stage for safety issues. And, uh, they're back flying, but yeah, I've I've heard some bad stories from them. But I always fly on um, Virgin if I want to fly. They're pretty good. But yeah, we've got we've got a we've got Qantas, of course, but they've got a cheaper airline called right. Jetstar. So it's it's run by Qantas, but it's just it's cheaper because you don't have any um you got to pay if you want to take you know some baggage. You know you can only take carry on at a certain size, and you don't get a meal and. If you want to go by Qantas, you get you know you get a meal on the plane, and but it's more expensive. So it's like the budget version. Yeah, it's the budget version of uh, Qantas. So at least you know it's been run by Qantas, which is a safe airline. And but yeah, so I always go Virgin. Yeah, I've I've heard that about them. And when you have four people, I mean, at that point, it's cheaper to to throw some gas in the tank and drive. But yeah, one person, I could see that totally. Yeah. Um, but. I wish I wish I would have had an extra day when I got back because I immediately went back to work the next day. Oh, yeah. So got home, had just enough time to unpack, throw some laundry in and go to bed basically and then got up and immediately went right back into it. So it was nice. I loved seeing everybody again and being back at work. I mean, I love all my friends, but it would have been nice to have just a little bit more time to kind of decompress. Yeah, recover a bit and just get your head back in the game sort of thing, you know. Yeah, I always exactly. like like having that extra, you know, making sure I've got a day between like having a holiday and going back to work because you just need to get your mind back into like regular, your regular life, you know, you've just been on a holiday where it's just cruisy sort of thing and then you get back and you've got to get back into the routine, it's just a bit harder. So, yeah. well, that's kind of what today ended up being because Friday night I had uh, band, a band uh, camp concert that the kids did and then uh, one of Juliana's friends stayed over and luckily at uh, 10 o'clock I was like okay you guys need to go to your room so I can have the living room to myself so I was able to watch the movie we were going to talk about and then another documentary after that and just kind of finally get a little time and then today I had the house to myself for a good chunk of time so I was reformatting my computer and and it just was nice to just be able to sit and not have to do really anything so Glad you had a good time, mate. Oi. Oi. How was, uh, how was things here with Justin? I... J- Justin was perfect. I haven't had a chance to listen to the episode. Oh, it was great. Justin always does a great job when he comes on. Uh, yeah, he, he was, it was great. You know, He just fitted right in. You know what I mean? There was no issue with me worrying about him getting the show. He knows the show well. Anytime he's the third co-host, he just slips right in anyway. So when he took 
took your seat for the two weeks. It was just he was, he was right in with it, and then we had um we had Nikki, wasn't it? Nikki first week, yeah. Can't remember now. Uh, yeah, it's Nikki, and then we're going to have Slacker, but Slacker couldn't make it, so we got now I can't remember. It was a week ago. Nenum lost, right? Yeah, Nen. We got Nen on finally. He made sure he set his alarm to be awake for it. So, <laughs> so Nen was good. Uh, you know. so it was good. Still not the same without you here, but yeah. If there's anyone to, wow. to you know, jump into your seat, if you've got to be away, definitely Justin's the man. So. Well, did you like uh, Justin and I's switching up of uh, things so it felt yeah. a little more natural? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the first week I forgot about it and I played his one <laughs> and he reminded me, I'm like, oh shit, that's right, you sent that to me. So we played that one last week. So Yeah, that was brilliant. So. And then I made sure and got on a couple couple questions each week from Maybelline to, so that he was stocked and yep, sent, ready to go. I mean, Yeah, he had them sent to me so I knew about them and then, you know. Well... Speaking of things being sent and emails and the like, we have an email, Joel. Joel, we do. That's right. And I just realized that I uh, this is not automatically logged into my Gmail account because I restarted everything. So now I've got to jump back on there and open it back up again. Uh, yeah. Well, while Joel does that, I'll let you know how you can email us. It's very easy. Just it's coffinjoecast at gmail dot com. And you can call us as well, 661-434-5956, 661-434-KWJO. So, as in Killer Wilbur and Joe. Joe. Um, so, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And that's what pretty much this email says, that I, I've asked for people who are like newish listeners or people we may not know of that listen and let us know who you are and just say good day, as I always say, but yeah, so... I do have it pulled up now, sir. Excellent. All right. Greetings. I am currently... Oh, so I got to try and do that better because it's from a girl. So, uh, greetings. Uh, it doesn't matter. I am currently listening to episode 67, and since Killa claimed you would all like to hear from listeners who haven't interacted with the show yet, I thought I'd give the show a hello email. I am Diana. I'll leave her last name out just in case. Known as D. Winky on most non-Facebook social media sites from Salt Lake City. And I found your podcast thanks to the lovely Kiwi Nikki. Aw. So now you have to make one less sheep joke in your next episode just to show your appreciation, Killa. I can't remember exactly when I started listening, but I think it was February of this year. It's been a wonderful addition to my podcast library, so thank you all for so much for doing it. The Rotating Third co-host is great, and it's a good way to keep listeners on their toes and keep things fresh. Keep up the great work. Ta-ta, hugs, and other such closing lines here. Thank you, Diana. Great to hear from you. Good to know we've uh, that Nikki's doing some good good work for us and uh, sharing our podcast around with people. And as you've noticed, I have not done one sheep joke, and I will not do one for this show and this show only. They'll be back next well, week. Well, <laughs> right. Um, we got to give them time to get looped up. Uh, and it's a girl, you know. It's it's always nice when. Uh, we have female podcast listeners because I know that it seems like it's kind of sometimes it seems like it's a bit of a male dominated society. But in the reality, I, I don't think that's the truth. I think it's just uh, a perception. So it's nice to 
to hear from the female side of things. We got a lot of females that interact, so. Yeah, we got plenty of them. And we try Back. to get, get as many on the show as well to even the balance Could out. Could just be you. Mm, maybe. They just want you. <laughs> just want to hear my voice. Exactly. Wow, wow. wow. Alrighty then. So that's great. And as I said to people, look, it's as simple as just saying hello. You don't have to go into as much detail as Diana did, but if you'd like to let us know, you know, what you think of the show, what, uh, whatever you would like, just let us know you're out there. Because as I said on last week's show, I think it was um, or the week before, I, I do know the numbers. I'm not going to say the numbers because numbers don't matter. It's just I know there's people out there listening and I know where the, the states are that they're from because so, the majority of listeners come from USA and I can see which state and usually I can pinpoint who's who because it's usually people we've interacted with, with before so you know it's like Kevin in one and you know Nikki from Georgia and but there's a few from Salt Lake and I was wondering who they were and yeah, there's one Ah, so excellent. Always, we always like getting feedback. Was there any uh, voicemails? I don't remember. Mm, you had one. It was from Nen. Um, he sent it in while you were away, and um, he mentioned it last week, and he was hoping I didn't play it last week. I said, I can't. I don't have it. So there was one from Nen, I know. But... <laughs> And of course, since I am, yes. <laughs> I don't have everything reloaded onto my computer. I don't have it saved, but uh, I should have it in my great radio here. Once I can bring up this, see if it's still here somewhere. Of course. I don't want to make be like, Nen, we didn't do it again. Oh, well. It's payback for him sleeping in that time. Oh, I think he's paid his dues. Yeah, yeah he's paid his dues. I just want to try to get an angry voicemail. <laughs> uh, let's not do that. No. Um, <laughs> okay. Got my email pulled up here on the other account. And let's see. If I could just. Pull up my Google Voice, which, of course, I can't seem to find that anywhere. Well, why are you doing that? I'll fill in the time by saying uh, I've been off work sick. I left work on Wednesday. <coughs> I had a bloody bad flu, so I never went to work Thursday or Friday. Uh, I was pretty much just wrapped up in bed or on the lounge. I wasn't too happy about it because I am needed at work, but unfortunately, I I was I couldn't stand up. I was getting dizzy and and then I'm stressing because I should be at work, so that made me feel sicker. And then you know, it's like I don't like having more than one day off. Then I've had two and a half days off, and I'm like started getting a little bit panicky. Started triggering my anxiety a little. So if anyone saw my Facebook post, that's what it was about. It was just stressing about not being able to go to work and feeling sick, and the sickness made me made the anxiety worse. And but as my mate said, who's away? Uh, if you're sick, don't go in. 
there's nothing can be done about it. You've got a doctor's certificate. So, uh, Well, and I'm I'm sure that uh, getting the flu or whatever over there is like 30 times worse than it is over here. uh, it's about, probably about the same, but there's there's one going round. I mean, my dad's crook with it. Uh, my brother, the brother that you know doesn't like Right. me. <laughs> He's been off work this week, I was told, when I called mum on Friday. And oh, happy birthday, mum, for yesterday. And happy birthday to the other brother, Corey, for Friday. Anyway, yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, hearing that, it, like, it's I'm not the only one with it. And, I mean, I haven't been around my parents or my brother to get it off them or anything. So, it's, it's going around. So, and it's, like, even though I couldn't work, the other thing is I don't want to go to work and then just spread it. And give it to someone Right. else, you know, and it just it becomes a big cycle where you, <laughs> you give it to someone else, you get you recover from it, and then next thing it, it loops its way back around to you as it's been through everyone at work, sort of thing. So, And then it mutates, and then next yeah, thing you know, it's a sci-fi <laughs> movie of the week. but yeah, I blame my boss, the, the guy up in the office, because he came in with it the other week, and he was really bad. So, even though I don't really interact with him that much, I, I did go up in the office a couple of times. So. All right, now we've got this uh, voicemail from Nen. Let's see what he's got There to you say. go. Joel, killer. It's Nen. I'm on episode 62 with Nero. Entitled... Um, wrong phone. Right here. I'm listening to episode 62 entitled... Was it Ice? That's what she said. And I uh, paused it. Because you guys are uh, getting ready to uh, play the new game about pronunciation. And the word you guys had is mucketillo. Mucketillo. I can't tell you how many times I've been there and taken the ferry to Whidbey Island in Washington. There's two ways to Whidbey Island, the Mucketillo Ferry or Deception Pass. Or is there were only those two when I used to live there, fucking damn near 30 years ago. Makes me sad. I miss Washington. I want to move back there. I want to go back to Oak Harbor. But I don't know if that's going to happen. Regardless, the word is Mucketillo. And I'd like to hear how, how bad you guys fuck it up here in just a second. So, um, yeah. Trying to play catch up before uh, Saturday. See what happens. Shit, maybe I shouldn't have called this in, considering I'm going to be hearing it on the show on Saturday. Damn. All right. I'll talk to you later if I can remember. Bye-bye! Thank you, Nan. And no, uh, you didn't have to hear it while you were on the show. <laughs> you got to wait until after. Yes. So he's talking about Washington. I don't remember how. Go. Yeah. I was trying to do a segue. Oh, good. Yes. So talking about Washington, there's a there's a city up there, Seattle, isn't there? Uh, there is. Seattle, Washington. And there's a, a band that come out of Seattle, wasn't there? There were several, but yes, there was one. One important band that we both like. All right, this segue's going nowhere. <laughs> so, Never good at segways myself. no. So, this is our main talking point for the show. The movie Soaked in Bleach. Uh, 
it's a um would you call it a documentary because it's more like it's a mixture of three different things it's like reenactments um docu you know documents and um and vo- well voice of the bitch so <laughs> sorry you're you're absolutely correct but yes it it's um I don't know. I, I'd, I'd almost call it like partial reenactment slash documentary slash. Uh, yeah, I mean, do, scientific evidence. I don't know. I, and the guy that made it, I just pulled up the thing on it. Benjamin Statler. It's his first uh, directorial debut as a writer and director of of anything. He's been a producer previously and an actor and a couple of things, but. This is his first go at uh, doing something like this, and I have to say, it was a, a mighty damn fine outing. I reckon it was brilliant for more than one reason. One, of course, because it's pointing the finger at Courtney, but just the way it was made, and and the two um, actors that played Kurt and Courtney, I reckon they they pulled it off well. Especially the act- actress that played Courtney, you'd swear it was her. I'm looking for her name here yeah. to give her credit. Uh, Sarah yeah. Scott. Yeah, Sarah Scott. Yeah, I read up on it yesterday and I forgot to write down. Yeah, she. You'd swear that was Courtney. She, the mannerisms, there's just everything about it. She did it. I well, and it really well. It, it threw me for a loop because I mean, anybody who's familiar with the case um, is is probably familiar with uh, Tom Grant, who was the investigator that she hired, and then the gentleman who has for the past 20 years been trying to get everything reopened and uh, continue the investigation inadvertently. He was a former police officer himself um, or a sheriff, I should say. But, and then um, uh, Max Wallace was on, was interviewed quite a few times and he's uh, part of the team of Max Wallace and Ian Halpern who wrote the Curtin Courtney, well, love and death, which turned into the Curtin Courtney documentary. um, Who's another aficionado on the whole case. So, uh, but when it opened, I mean, were you just as kind of like confused as, as I was, as far as here's these actors reenacting, going into the house to search? Yeah. Yes. I mean, it completely threw me off because Dan, I recognized Daniel Roebuck who was playing Tom Grant in the reenactments. And he's a, he's a favorite of, um, uh, Rob Zombie. He's in a lot of his films and, is a known character actor, perfect for this part. But at first, I, when I saw it, I almost messaged you and was like, "Wait, is this a, a, a movie and not a documentary?" Yeah. Well, that's what when I first started watching it, I'm going, "Is this a movie?" Or you know, and then it rolled into the the documentary side of it and the um, the recordings. That's where I started getting shitty. Well, the and I think that's recordings. the most amazing thing about it is that you know you can't record somebody without their permission and, and use it for certain purposes. Like it's inadmissible in court because, you know, if they don't give you authorization, then it's not, it's just liable or hearsay or it can be taken out of context. But here's this guy, Tom Grant, who smelled something fishy from the moment he met Courtney Love and started recording everything. And they're playing back these recordings intermixed with the scenes that are being reenacted. And some of the stuff that's said between, you know, what she says herself and then Rosemary Carroll, who's their, uh, the entertainment lawyer for both Kurt and Courtney. Um, and then, you know, Tom himself is, is on there and, and 
I mean, he lays it all out there. I mean, that that alone is enough to make you kind of go, what the hell? Yeah. And uh, just the other thing that annoyed me about it is just how quick they wrapped the case up, the, the police. As they were saying, it's like they don't normally do this. They just automatically said suicide and it was just signed off and done. They go, how do they put it? It's like, it's a death. You can't call it a suicide till it's been investigated. But there was no investigation, really. That was just taken as, oh, yeah, he killed himself and that's it. But, you know, wash your hands of this and move on. And according to the, the chief of police, I mean, he said that if, if the officer on the scene that arrives first makes a determination that it's uh, a self-inflicted wound to kill the person, then they don't have to send in a team to investigate it as a homicide. Yeah. That's the end. So, and that's why, I think that's why they, they're scared to reopen the case, not because they're going to find a different um, determination of what happened. It's more that the police are scared they're going to get in trouble for um, doing the job wrong to start with. So I think that's why they've been holding off and reinvestigating. But I heard, just through things online, but they, they might be opening it again when, like, those photos got released, like, a month or two ago. Yeah. And there was talk of, like, well, this should be able to get it to reopen the case. and But after this, after this movie, I reckon it's, it's going to be, you know, there's going to be some pressure on them to do something about it. I mean, whether you can charge Courtney over it now or what, but it, it needs to be investigated. I'm sorry. I mean... I know, I'm a big Nirvana fan, and as I said before, I, was, I wasn't a Nirvana fan when they were around. I'd become a fan after Kurt died. So it's not like I'm like, oh, my favourite band, and I just lost you know, the lead singer of my favourite band. I got into Nirvana afterwards and then started reading about Kurt, and just things didn't match up to me. And I, like most Nirvana fans, instantly pointed my finger at Courtney, but this is just blatantly like, pointing the finger at Courtney. It, it's, it's just so obvious to me that I'm no cop. But um, what, what was the name of the guy that was going around with uh, Tom when they were looking for him? Callie? Yeah. Her and Who was the, the, the live-in nanny and friend of theirs oh, prior the, to everything. The bloke that was... Yeah. Yeah. Callie, that was his name. Yeah. He, he seemed to be a bit sus to me. Sort of trying to, you know, hide things, but he was probably, he was probably doped up on heroin anyway, so you wouldn't know. So. Well, it's it's like Tom said, you know, when when he went over there to interview him, and he came down with Courtney after Courtney's like, oh, he's on his way, but he had already been there, and he was all completely loaded on heroin, and and that's his dealer now since Kurt's gone. He. Yeah. Courtney's his drug buddy. So, I mean, if you're that deep into it and that addicted to heroin, I mean, you're going to do whatever your source tells you to do. I mean, it's free heroin. That's right. And he was the one that bought the gun with Kurt, too, wasn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I've always said to people. Like, Kurt didn't buy the gun. It was his mate. So... Well, he even says that. Yeah, it's one of the very first things that they say when they're in the house looking for it is that he's like, oh, yeah, it's registered in my name, so... Well, you know, it's, I can totally take it, and it's fine. Yeah. So there's too many things that just don't add up there, you know what I mean? And, well, uh, and he talked about the police part of it. I mean, you look at those pictures that they, they developed. They only released, what, two of them? Hmm. Maybe three? 
and uh, you know, just just the ones that they released alone were enough to kind of help solidify the case. But then, I mean, everybody that that calls suicide, and and I mean, I mean, just the the, the fact that you know, sixty eight people committed suicide in a copycat manner because of it. Um, if if you want to call suicide, just take a look at the one bit of evidence that's there and has never changed, which is the toxicology report. Yep. And here's a guy who, yes, admittedly was a, a heavy user at, at one point or another in his life, took 10 times, was it, the amount that is, I mean, even a, a heavy user would have been completely unconscious by the time that it entered his bloodstream. Yeah, even if it, he didn't overdose or kill him, but he would have been that incapacitated that he, he couldn't pull the trigger. I know... <laughs> That, that evidence part about how they found the gun and the, the way they reckoned he'd, he'd pulled the trigger, he would have had to do it in a certain manner but to be able to do it. and then But they found the gun in a different position to what that manner would have happened. And then they said something like, oh, but it, it ricocheted or some bullshit. Well, the, the, the shell casing yeah, was that's discharged. Right. That's right, yeah. But it was, it was discharged to the left, whereas the way the gun was gripped, in his hand, which at the time of death you automatically freeze in whatever the position is, it would have it would have ejected to the right. So it would have had to ricochet off something and bounce back to the left. Which was, right now we're sounding a bit like JFK, but when you see it, <clears throat> I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, there was nothing to ricochet off, and and the, they reckon he barricaded himself in, which he didn't. There was a chair near the door; wasn't like up propped up against the door. And that the door was locked, which, I mean, they make it sound like in the original releases that it was all dead bolted and locked and all this heavy stuff yeah. that was done on the inside. But there's just a one-click lock like on a bathroom door, and that's yeah. it. You can click it as you walk out and click the lock right. at the back, pull the door shut, and it's locked as you walk out. And then they reckon... The other thing... You, oh, go ahead. You wouldn't had his license out. Just that... Remember that part? It's like, why would you have your license out? I can't remember how it went. Well, they had said in the uh, one of the reports that the license was out and sitting out as like an identifier, but the reality was it had been in his wallet next to him, and or they had pulled it out of his wallet and set it that way, and then it got changed in the police report. Which, um, I think one of the things I had read in the the Love and Death book um, by Max Wallace was that the the particular shotgun that he had was. Uh, kind of longer, I don't know, longer than normal. So it, it would have had to have been almost pulled, the trigger would have had to have been pulled by his toe in order to yeah. have it in the position where it was in. So if you're already on heroin any amount, let alone that on top of it, it would have taken some skill to reach that you know particular position and even to pull the trigger. Yeah. So. Uh, again, the, the toxicology report report is enough. I think that anybody in their right mind would reopen the investigation. Yes. Well, he's hoping they do, just so we can get the answers, basically, and to stick it up to Courtney. Yeah. Have you <laughs> have you heard that she's a, she sent cease and desist letters, her and her lawyers, to other cinemas that were going to play it, and very few. Uh, Agreed with it, 
I think a couple did, but most cinemas still played the the movie. So yeah, I was just re- rereading that article today. She's going in defensive mode again. So that's funny. Just coming after like a montage of heck, where she was uh, involved in that, and she was more than willing to help out in that movie. But that's because she's got um, all the rights to all the stuff, so she's probably making money off it. So she probably had no problem with uh, Francis making that movie because she'll get some some sort of a kickback from it, some money. But this one, she has nothing to do with other than being the uh, prime suspect. So, well, and and you know, and and everybody can say, well, you're just making her out to be the bad guy. But listen to the recordings. I mean, it's it's clearly her voice talking to Tom. And it, maybe she's not saying, oh, yes, I did this. But the things that she is doing are clearly poised at marketing by creating these things that are, are focusing back on her. You know, uh, getting upset that he didn't want to play Lollapalooza. And she's like, well, I could have made, you know, X amount of dollars if I if he would have played, then I would have played. But he didn't, so he screwed me out of this money. Or that I'm going to fake a suicide myself to get him back, but it's also going to be good publicity for the release of my my new album okay. that's coming out in a week. And she said that. That's her words. It's not It's not a quote. It's not a, a, a an excerpt taken out of context. It's a direct quote that they play from a recording made by her. Yeah. And her talking about any good publicity is good publicity or something like that. So... And and he even questions her on it, and she she backs it up again. You know, basically restates the fact that she's doing it strictly as a ploy to sell records. Yeah. And the, or go ahead. And then the note. She yes. Rings him up, and I found the note. It was under the pillows. And then Tom goes, "No, Courtney, I checked under the pillows." And she's going, "No, I found this one under. You know, it's not a suicide note. It's just a. I forget what the note was." And, I loved how he tricked her into giving it to her, to him. Right, when he's there and he's like, oh, well, she's showing it to him. And he's like, well, let me get a copy. She's like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, well, I'll just go run down to the fax machine and make a quick copy of it. And she's like, well, okay. Like, I can't say no at that point because that's going to call too much attention. But, I mean, and it wasn't like it was a little. She's like, describes this big manila envelope that would have been clear to anybody to see it. But it wasn't there. Or the, the note on the steps that, you know, was written and that, that I think Callie wrote, supposedly, but just sounded really staged and phony. Or, I mean, again, look at the, the, the letter itself. And they talk about even if you're not a handwriting expert, you look at the last four lines of the, the note that was found on the scene. It's, it's not the same handwriting. Yeah. And the, and the book they found with all the, like, the lettering in it. Right, so. the practice the practice letters which they took to a, a an expert in handwriting a forensic handwriting expert who's like yeah somebody was practicing the letters and when you put it on top of the other sheet or you match it up and they they you know the did the digital layover I mean all the letters are identical yeah I mean I don't get I mean okay you and I maybe sound a bit like conspiracy theorists to some people because. You look at the JFK movie or all the stuff with the magic bullet and all this stuff that's out there uh, with all these theories where they're kind of making a stretch. There's a leap of faith 
with what's happening. Here, there's hard evidence that exists, but that is just being ignored because the Seattle PD doesn't want to look bad. Yeah, that's a, that's what the problem is. The Seattle PD just worried about what repercussions would come for for them. But if, if anyone thinks me and Joel are just taken one side, how about you just go watch the movie? Trust me, you it'll open your eyes up, and it's it's available on Vimeo. So look out for it, soaked in bleach, and then watch. It's a entertaining enough movie, even if you're not a Nirvana fan. But yeah, even if you like true crime and you're not a fan, yeah, if you've never even heard Nirvana, you don't know who they are, you don't care. Just as a true crime fan, I mean, it's one of those things where you watch it and it's kind of one of it's laid out kind of like one of those those documentaries that gives you know, here's here's the si- our side of the story. Choose to believe what you want. And I, I recommend, you know, watch Montage of Heck first, you know, get get their side of it and, and enjoy the stuff that they have to say there that, you know, some other people have called out as being kind of bogus. But it presents us the the reality of kind of in Kurt's own voice. Um who he was and kind of gives you a little bit of backstory and then watch this and, you know, they cap it at on montage of heck with his, his death, you know, that's the end of it. They don't go into it for obvious reasons and then just pick up with this right after it and then go read the book, love and death. I mean, it all ties together neatly and and come back and let us know what you think. Yeah. And if you haven't seen Kurt and Courtney, watch that one as well. But that one's, that one's more conspiracy theorist sort of stuff on that one. I mean, I, I liked it because of my opinion on the matter, but yeah, this gives you really good evidence. It's not just, uh, I had to put it, like the documentary maker already had in his head for Kurt and Courtney, his opinion. Where this is like, this is Tom giving you recordings and explaining exactly what happened, how it happened, you know? So. Well, and he says in there that he um has made it his, his it's inadvertently has become his obsession over the past 20 years he can't get away from it because it just it's it's constantly there and he never had any intention of of doing anything different than just doing what she asked him to do initially and and maybe even not doing that cuz he he felt kind of weird about it but um and if you question him i mean just go back and look at his record and he was in a uh, highly decorated and exemplary sheriff uh, and worked for law enforcement for a long time and had an excellent record and, and went off to continue that in, in a, in a um, regular kind of everyday way. Yeah. Um, and and he's, I, he's not getting paid for what he's doing now. It's all, it's all a mission for himself to find the answers. Right. Exactly. I mean, I don't think, I don't know if he's ever even released a book about it. I know he's worked with other people and he has, um, back in, I want to say the early 2000s, he had a a website, um, or he was part of the Justice for Kurt, I think it was that, that website, there, that uh, he worked with them anyway and provided stuff to them for their the cause. But yeah, he never, I don't think, has ever asked for any sort of compensation other than what he got initially from Courtney for being hired. <clears throat> Excuse me, but um, I mean they they kind of they take one excerpt from Love and Death and kind of blow it out of the water a little bit, but yeah, it's it's a nice companion piece to it because it it does present an early like it was only it was in like ninety seven, so it was 
you know, really early on after things happened. So people were kind of looking at it sideways, but it does kind of book in nicely with this one yeah, for sure. Definitely. Uh, and you get to meet El Duce, who was a character before he died of, of uh, suspicious circumstances, incidentally. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, so how angry were you after it? Because <laughs> I know I was. Well, you and I were, I mean, I was kind of messaging back and forth with you during it as I was kind of having an initial reactions to some things. And I think I started out kind of mad because, and just kind of upset at the fact that she could do the things she was doing and, and nobody had any response to it. But in the end, I just felt kind of sad because... You know, here's this guy who, you know, they have an interview with him that they clipped out where he said, you know, I, I, I wonder what I can, you know, if I can eventually transition to just being known as a singer songwriter instead of, you know, just this guy or whatever. I forget the word choices he used, but that he was looking towards a long term of being able to kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, segue from being a rock star to being, you know, a guy that writes songs and does what he wants to do and yeah. just loves making music. Yeah, because he was planning uh, on leaving Nirvana and just continue to write and without like the the pressure of being this you know big rock star and, and they talked to some of his friends and they talked about how optimistic he was and he was always just this kind of real positive guy and was funny i've heard so many people say that he was he was he was a, a really funny guy had a good sense of humor liked being you know kidding around and joking and just all this other stuff is just all manufactured um and I know in, I think in Kurt and Courtney, one of the, one of the other pieces, not montage of heck, but they talk about his stomach problems a lot. And in this documentary, they, they have an interview with him, which basically just proves that he had had that finally taken care of. Yeah, and so he finally got the right medications he needed for his stomach issues and he was doing great. And that's words from his mouth from an interview. That's not us. Yeah. Pulling that from somebody's hearsay. That's actually his words from an interview that they had a recording of. So. He said, he, he's, I'm doing fine now. They got me on the right medication. I'm feeling good. So there's another thing that they can take out of the mix that they were claiming was part of the reason he did it. Yeah. So. Well, he didn't do it. Someone, nope. Someone else did it. That is my opinion, but that's the truth. Well, I, I think you and I will both agree that that's fact. But yes, until they have it proven, it is just our opinion, I guess. Yeah, it is. But still, as I said, this movie will open your eyes up a bit more to what what me and Joel believe that happened. So definitely worth watching. That's all I'm going to say. Definitely worth watching. Absolutely. So yeah, Donna sat down with me and watched it the other night. And even she couldn't believe half the stuff in it. And she's not like a big Nirvana fan or anything. She's just... She had a more open mind to it, and she's like, oh, my God, you're kidding me, you know, about some of the things that Courtney was doing. So, and she had Exactly. To, There's that true crime angle I was talking about. She had to put up with me groaning and going, fucking bitch. And, <laughs> 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 uh, I can only imagine. Yeah. Uh, I feel like throwing things at the TV, but I don't want to do that. I'll break my TV. Yeah, don't do that. But, I, you know, I I don't know if it's, if it's in theater still, but it is available for video on demand, just look up Soaked in Bleach on, um, just do a Google search. I'm sure it'll come up on tons of places. And there's a link to it uh, 
don't know if I put it. I think I put it up on the Coffin Joe page when I was trying to get listeners. So if you, yeah, you did, haven't seen it. But it, it's on, um, on Vimeo. You can uh, rent it or, or download it. So. Yeah, and it's not that expensive to rent. And, you know, we can uh, repost the link or um, you're welcome to find it however you'd like. But, you know, if you can support the person that's made it, I mean, it is something that uh, is definitely worthwhile. And there was a lot of effort put into a lot of love. Yeah. Well, it. I saw on the Triple M, the radio station down here, the rock station, they um, put it put a story on about it on their website and put the link to the Vimeo so it is available to get in Australia because sometimes they, one of the, some of those things are just like uh, location blocked but yeah it's available to download or, or, or rent through Vimeo here in Australia so you don't have to uh, obtain it <clears throat> I have a question and, and I, I, this is just I'm sorry to kind of backtrack for a second but I need to, I need to try and clarify what your thought was on it um, they're an entertainment lawyer. I was trying to figure out in the beginning, like in the first half of the movie, like the first hour, you know, they've got all this conversation with her and she seems very much on board with Tom about what's going on. And she's just as surprised as he is and everything. I mean, here's this person that's the godmother of Francis Bean and who has worked with them for years. And, you know, it's obviously it's her meal ticket. So, you know, it's, it's weird for her to be so negative about her own source of income, but then once she finds out that he's recording the conversation, she's just immediately, it, everything changes. Yep. And I'm trying to figure out what you thought, why she did that. Why, why did she suddenly, her story change? Was it because she um, realized that everything she had said was not just in confidence between her and him and that she could actually, you know, all of a sudden lose all that money? Or was there something else? No, I think you've got it spot on there. Exactly. As soon as she realized that, oh, shit, this could be used against me or used against my client, that, oh, no, you know, she's trying to not throw him off the scent as much as, like, make keep him happy by telling him what she was telling him. And then when she realized, oh, shit, this is, this is being recorded and whatnot, oh, this, this will get back to Courtney. And then there goes that for me. And so... I don't know. Maybe she had a change of heart. Well, she did have a change of heart. We can tell that. But yeah, she did freak out when she realised it was being recorded. I mean, is money that much of a motivator with people? That I mean, I guess if she's friends with both of them to that extent, I can understand in some regards. But at the same time, it's like, you know, then then she was the one who I think kind of had proceeded to do all the stuff after she was not being recorded anymore to try and get, you know, the cease and desist and all that stuff. Cause I think she still is there there. I'm not sure, but, um, that just, that just is amazing to me, I guess. Yeah. Well, yes. To some people money is all that matters. So that's probably wow. what it is. It's, it's just, she realized that, you know, she's going to be cutting off, her, her, you know, her little funding and started realizing what the consequences were going to be. So she freaked out. She probably went at kissing up Courtney's ass. <laughs> Ew. You might get herpes. Yeah. <laughs> or the gonorrhea. Who knows what else? Bird flu. List all of the above. <laughs> right. 
uh, or attacked by a drop bear that's hiding up there. Who knows? Yeah, well, but don't worry, we're not trying. If anybody watches it, send us a voicemail, an email, let us know what you think, good or bad. We're open to hear other sides of it. We are clearly biased on our own rights, but I mean, I'm always open to hear somebody else's opinion. Absolutely, right. we're not worried if if you disagree with us or you know you have a, a different thought process to it or anything. Yes, definitely. Let us know what you thought of the movie and and what you thought of the um the accusations too. So don't just tell us you know about the accusations. Tell us what you thought about the movie because I thought all in all the movie itself was a very well put together movie. So. And be respectful, though. Yes. One way or the other, a man died, at, and uh, 68 other people followed suit because of what we believe was somebody's complete negligence and uh, assholery. Yep. I mean, I don't want to call those people stupid or anything, but yeah, it, you're silly to kill yourself no matter what, but if it, to do it over, you know, your, your favorite and members death I don't know it's just like the girls that were crying their head off when whatever his name was leaving One Direction <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about Michael Hutchins for no, a minute I don't know why but no. it was close to the Kurt's death I guess but yeah no, but when say so I can't remember the guy's name I just know One Direction but yeah all the girls crying oh I can't believe it one they just so he went, in an, he went in another direction yep the complete opposite direction. <laughs> he went in one direction. He's own one direction. <laughs> they went the other. Uh, that's funny. Uh, so uh, I guess I guess that makes it about that time. Yep. It is that time. And that time will be coming in a second. If you know what I mean. Oh, I was nearly going to play your one. Dun, 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 dun. I should play your one again, but no. Let me find Justin's. I can't hear it anyway, so. Forgot about putting this in my list to play. I was too concerned about talking about that movie. I've lost it. Oh, no. I need to clean my computer up, I tell you that. Totally, just like me. I've got shit everywhere. Got things in there. Download files. I got things in the coffin joke cast files. I got things on the desktop. Sounds about right. I don't know where. Arr. Arr. Okay. And it is that time, Joel. As you said, it's that. Time. <laughs> Wait, what's that you say? What time is it? Is it really that time again? That's right. Hide your dingoes and watch out for drop bears. It is time for R is for Random. All righty. Thank you, Justin. What do you got for us this week, Joe? All right. Well, the lovely Maybellina, as usual, is always providing more questions on a weekly basis. So I kind of pick and choose. This week, uh, since there's just the two of us, I just grabbed completely random. I didn't even read them. I just picked the first two that uh, popped up in the list here. And uh, so the first one. (laughs) <laughs> and this, um, I, I don't know where this comes from, but uh, have you ever ridden a Segway? No, I haven't. I want to. Looks like a bit of fun to ride. So, yeah, I'd love to give it a go. The 
they have um down in the city it's Centennial Park, you can go down there and, you know, hire one in a bunch of you know, in a group and they've got a little course set up for you to cruise around and muck around on. So I'd love to give it a go, see what they're like. But yeah, I I've seen some Segway disasters, so <laughs> <laughs> don't know if it should be safe for me. I won't take it near stairs, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I was just going to say, as long as you're not taking down any stairs, I think you're okay. I still love the story of the guy that invented Segways dying on one, falling over a cliff. Yep, I, it's a defined irony. That is the ultimate irony. Yep. You, you are the creator of a Segway, and it is a Segway that kills you. <laughs> My other, uh, yeah. My other favourite Segway moment is they use them um, at the cricket for the cameraman. He has like a... Really? Yeah. Uh, what are those cameras that uh, you strap them around? A Steadicam? A Steadicam, yeah. He's got the Steadicam and he cruises around on a Segway. And uh, like he'll go, he'll go right in on the field <laughs> and he was filming and he had a crash. <laughs> and you see the camera footage of him, it's just... Ass over tit, as we say down here, just went crash. <laughs> That's funny because it was on film. <laughs> uh, it's funny because you said it's funny because it's on film. Uh, I uh, well, now everybody when they hear the word segue or or sees one, I think for one reason or another, they and Paul Blart Mall Cop comes up a lot because uh, it's you know featured predominantly in the 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 two films that they made. But well, I should say movies. Um, but I don't know. I, I've seen people ride them around and, uh, I just, I have this feeling that if I got on one, I'd probably hurt myself or someone else. I don't know if it's anything like riding a bike, but was, I'm going to just assume. I was going to bring up riding bikes, but <laughs> you can't ride a bike. So maybe you can't ride a Segway. I mean, I, I don't know how much, I mean, I've heard people say, you know, you can't tip them over this, that, the other thing, blah, blah, whatever. But it's still got to take some semblance of of skill, I would assume, along the same lines. Yeah, I suppose there's some balance to it, but I think a lot of the troubles with the segways, if the segway malfunctions, that's where you get in trouble. Like as a short or something? Yeah, or something, because they, they're supposed to be self-riding. Like they, you know, so if there's a little fault in there somewhere and it's it's not going to stand upright, you're going down. I wouldn't know. As I said, I've never ridden one. I'd like to ride one just to experience and see that, just understand the technical part of what it is. But yeah, wouldn't own one. Wouldn't be a hipster like that yep. and own one and cruise around on one. I mean, if we if we had one, would that make us better at segways? Um, and <laughs> I, what is the top speed on a segway anyway? Now that we're talking about it, I'm wondering. Uh, I'm looking it up. I'm not sure. But have you seen these ones? They got no handle on it. It's just like a, just the board and the wheels. I have not. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen a guy down in Parramatta ride something similar to a Segway. I'm not sure if it's an actual Segway branded thing, but yeah, similar concept. Just two wheels and it's just the board. You don't have a handle, so it's a bit like riding a skateboard. That one. Yeah, I'm definitely falling up then. Yeah. So I'd, I want I'd want the handle to hold on to, but yeah. Well, according to this uh, site I'm looking at, top speed is uh, 20.1 kilometers per hour or 12.5 miles per hour, depending on your 
unit of measurement. So 12 and a half miles an hour max speed, which is pretty fast. I mean, you think about if you're at a brisk walk or running, you know, you're probably what, five miles an hour to 10 miles an hour yeah, most. Pretty much. So it's a pretty brisk pace that if you lose control or something malfunctions, like you said, I mean, you could probably do some damage. Yeah. To yourself or others. <laughs> or to Bl- Paul Blart, mall cop. Yeah, well, um, he needs it. Fucking stupid, man. <laughs> I've seen it twice. Um, I saw the first one. Admit it. I'm not watching the second one. I, I When I watched the first one, I kind of was like, eh, it was okay. It was kind of diehard with a Kevin James, but and no guns. But then uh, I watched again with the kids, and I was not Im- impressed at all. I was kind of sad that I watched it again. But yeah, I don't think I need to see the second one. Although Julianne has asked about it. No, yeah, well, guess you're going to be watching so. the second one soon. <laughs> Well, not without not without me getting it, I guess, unless it pops up on Netflix and she watches it on her own. But, um, yeah. Anyway, um, the second question. Did you ever have or did you know anyone who had a puffy toilet seat? Yes. And you know what I'm talking about, right? Not like the porcelain part, but the seat you sit on. Yeah. When you say puffy, what? They had a cover on it. It's like, um, like furry cover on it. Right. Yeah. Well, it could be. I mean, I've seen some that are kind of plasticky and that are puffy too. Like they're kind of full air or whatever. Yeah. Well, I know my friend has a one with a cushion on it, but that's because she has. Um, uh, I can't think of the. the I don't want to call it a disease because it sounds bad. But yeah. Hemorrhoids. No, she's um, got uh, like weak weak muscles and. Oh. Yeah. An actual serious Yeah, serious. Condition. Like, yeah. she. It's hard for her to get up and down by herself. And, yeah, she has a specialized toilet seat for herself. But that's that's for a medical reason. But, yeah. Uh, a couple of my aunties used to have fancy covers on theirs. And ugh, all I can think of is what germs are just sitting inside it. <laughs> right? Uh I mean, it's, I, I, it's probably like nice and warm to sit on, but ugh, what's inside it? Yeah, get the, the splashback and everything. I don't. Uh, it's kind of no different than the ones that were kind of plasticky. The actual seat themselves, because I mean, if you got a little nick or tear in it, I mean, yep, something gets inside there. Well, and starts growing. Uh, who needs a snake in the toilet when you got that? I don't know. Yeah. Um. Well, it's funny you mentioned like an auntie or whatever, because my grandma had had those. Had a uh, it was almost like a shag carpet. Well, maybe not. Yeah, yeah like shag. Not, That's not what Berber, I'm thinking of. It's like shag. a shag carpety thing. It's like, yeah. Uh, Wait, right, where it's like it, it has little. It sticks up a little, like uh, like a short hairs almost, yep. but a little longer. Yep, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Which. Again, it, it, at the time when it, when she was still around and was alive and, and I would have been going to her house, I mean, I would have been at most 14. So I wouldn't have been thinking about all the stuff that was getting on it. But in hindsight, I mean, whoever designed that, I mean, what, what were you thinking? I guess just comfort? Yeah. I think it's more for comfort and, and warmth. 
But ew. But yeah, exactly. I mean, even if you washed it, it's ew. Uh, <laughs> and if I remember <laughs> correctly, I think she had one of the softer seats too in that same bathroom. So it's like a double whammy. Well, it's like carpeting in a bathroom, and which she had like a uh, Berber, not literally Berber, but you know, like that really short, coarse carpet that, that doesn't give or have any sort of like softness to it. But why would you have carpeting in a bathroom for the exact same reason? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think about, you know, I, I have no problems cleaning bathrooms. That's how I paid my way through part of college. And, I, you know, I do it at home. I'm the one who usually cleans the around the toilet because I have no issue with it. It doesn't bother me. But just after like a month or so of, of stuff, just let's take a, a round number. You know, you should clean it fairly often. But let's just say after a month, it gets pretty foul, especially if you have boys. I mean, it just, just the smell alone, let alone, you know, you can't help but have splashback or miss every once in a while or whatever. So if you have a, a, a carpeting down there and it just absorbs it all, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That is for sure. Yeah. Yep. And of course, yes, as you say, with boys, I mean, we seem to get in trouble for doing it, but we can't help it sometimes, you know. The little man downstairs is not quite awake and he, he misfires. <laughs> I know that I'm at my worst. It's like first thing in the morning, half tired, and oops, missed. Oops. You know, you got a towel floor, it's easy to clean up. Yeah, it is. But something like that, not so much. And apparently it's all with the older people that had that type of stuff. Yeah. Well, that's where I remember it from. Uh, it must have been in the 80s, you know. I think they were around from the 70s. It was a 70s thing. Yeah. 70s, it was made out of, like, polyester. Mm. That's even move. <laughs> you just slide off the seat. Oh, <laughs> uh, you sit down. I have a silk toilet seat. Zoop. Um, so if anybody else has a uh, a fuzzy toilet seat story, how can they tell us about it? Well, they can email it. They can email coffinjocast at gmail.com or... They can even let us hear their voice by calling in to 661-434-5956. 661-434-KWJO. We'd love, How'd you like that segue? Love to hear from you. Great segue. Just don't fall off it. <laughs> I will. Uh, well, next week, um, we've got the next two weeks, actually. We've got two brand new people coming on the show that have never joined us before. I'm only going to tease the second week for July. Next week, we got Jonathan Rodriguez joining us from the band Landfall, who um, uh, recently was featured on the uh, the Sunshine Happy Pants Hour, and we'll be back. Um, actually, I'm going to play him again this week, I think, just to tease for next week's show here. But, yeah, he's going to join us and uh, talk about the band and uh, spend some time. Excellent. Sounds good. All right. So... How's 40 going on 14 going, Joel? Uh, funny you should ask. Um, we This week, we did a show on the Justice League cartoons, you know, the old Super Friends uh, back in the 70s and early 80s, and then the two Justice League cartoons that were happening here in the early part of the 2000s. Um, and then the week before that, they did a show on MMORGs, MPORG, I don't know, the online games where you play with other people in like dungeons and stuff like that 
Um, but it's been going good. And uh, you can find uh, Mike, Pat, Josh, and myself on 40go14.com, iTunes, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Musings of a Geek Podcast Network, uh, and streaming Saturdays at noon on Geek Life Radio. And if you will be at Gen Con this year at Indianapolis, Indiana, between July 30th and August 2nd, the four of us will be there, as well as some other special guests. Um, we do have an official sponsor that will be sponsoring us while we do our uh, instant game show as we travel around the convention center um, promoting both 4014 and uh, Calliope Games. So be sure to stop by and check us out, and uh, you can win stuff. So be a good time. Um, should I talk about my other stuff? Why not? That's what the segue right. was for. Oh, and I didn't fall off. Um, I also do another show called The Sunshine Happy Pants Hour that we just mentioned. Uh, available on iTunes, Stitcher, TalkShoe, and other places. It's uh, basically a musical mixtape uh, with talking in between, although the last two weeks have literally been musical mixtapes with no chat. Um, and you can find that uh, at all the places I mentioned. Uh, there will be a new show this week with actual talking involved, as long as I can get my computer all back up and to where I need it to be. Um, obviously, Oblivious, I've had a lot of questions about that recently. I don't know how it came back. All of a sudden, people are asking again, but... Uh, last I heard, it was still around, just in hiatus with uh, the Mike Nero in South Philly Paul. So keep your eyes open, and uh, at some point, maybe it'll appear back in your feeds. And uh, last but not least, the Creeper Cast. Uh, my first two installments of my top ten American zombie films that you've probably never heard of um, has been released. You can find that at CreeperCast.com. Uh, there's still a couple more installments of that and then there's a second part for foreign zombie films that will be coming as well as a review of the independent Australian zombie movie Wormwood Road of the Dead at the end of it all um, and you can find all my other reviews as well as the podcast with Jason and <clears throat> excuse me Jeff good show if you like horror it's uh, the focus of the entire thing so creepercast.com iTunes Stitcher talks you all the other podcasting joints that are out there so there you go Beautiful. And as I always like to mention, check out the Bad Parenting Podcast with Justin, who is a, a great friend of the show, as you would have heard the last couple of weeks, helping us out. So make sure you check out his podcast with Jody and Justin. All right. So we're going to leave you tonight with a non-Australian band. We This is pretty uh, uh, relatable to what we were talking about, wasn't it, Joel? So. You come exactly. up with this one. So, we're going to give you the unplugged version of Come As You Are by the band Nirvana. I am pretty sure everyone's heard of this band, Nirvana. So, thanks for joining us, everyone. We will see you next week. Bye. Uh, bye-bye. <laughs>
I'm a dirty, dirty boy. And Courtney Love is a fucking bitch. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.